In the reading from Samuel today, we have a piece of the story of David being chosen as king. And like all the kings of Israel before and after him, David is chosen by God. And Samuel, the prophet, takes a a long ram's horn, probably with a, a big, long curve in it, and it's all filled with oil. And he pours all the oil over David's head and anoints him. This oil is precious, and it would have been made really carefully, following instructions that God gives to Israel in Exodus, using herbs and plants to make it smell sweet. It is a sensory, tangible reminder of God's favor and of God's goodness. And the anointing of David sets him aside as a leader, as a governor of the people, someone who would protect them and lead them and keep them safe. This oil was originally reserved only for the priests of Israel. But by the time we come to David, it has become the custom to anoint kings in this way also, to set them aside for what is intended to be a holy life, to call them into their responsibility to love and protect and serve the people, to enact just laws and to work with God and with God's prophets to make sure that that covenant God made with Israel stays intact. When we meet David this morning, he is young. His whole story as we know it hasn't happened yet. He hasn't yet met or defeated Goliath. He doesn't yet know the struggle of war. He hasn't met the people who will define his life. He isn't married. He hasn't had children. He doesn't know that he will make mistakes, big ones, and he hasn't suffered. He also hasn't known the anxiety of loving someone and wanting to keep them safe. But he also hasn't known the joy or the nuance of any of those things. He is only a young boy, and all he knows is how to be a shepherd. Now, we don't know exactly when David wrote these words to the 23rd Psalm, but I am willing to bet that they came significantly later in his life, later in the story, because these are the words of someone who has some wisdom of experience, someone a little more nuanced, a little more aware of the world, someone who has made mistakes and repented of them, someone who has learned to rely not on his own strength, but on God's strength. These are the words of someone who is overwhelmed by the fact that God is still good to us and loves us even when we've made mistakes, even when we've betrayed God's trust. And David writes about all of this in the 23rd Psalm in the context that he knew best as a young man. And he compares our relationship with God to that between shepherd and sheep. Now, if you've spent any time in and around the church, you've probably heard me or some other clergy person talk about the fact that sheep aren't very bright. And that's true. <laughs> um, they're not terribly bright, but they're also not quite as stupid as sometimes we make them out to be. What they are is fairly helpless. Domesticated sheep need their shepherd to do just about everything for them. They are completely defenseless against predators. They certainly aren't fast, right? Have you ever seen a sheep run particularly quickly? They aren't agile. And when they're afraid, they sort of panic and they freeze and they can literally be scared to death. They're also afraid of just about everything else around them, everything they can't understand, including things like running water. And before you judge them for that, I want you to just think about their shape for a minute. They are not exactly God's most aerodynamic creature. And all that wool must get very heavy. 
So fast running water creates anxiety for them and fear for them. And they need to be led by their shepherd to still water in order to feel safe enough to drink and to let themselves be refreshed. Also, if you leave sheep unattended in a pasture, they will just eat and eat and eat and eat until all the food is gone. They will use it all up without thinking about tomorrow, without thinking about next week, and they will literally eat until they are beyond sick, which means that the shepherd also has to lead them around to find the places where the grass is green, to let some fields grow, to find the next place of safety and also sort of rein in their sheep instincts to save them from themselves. So it's true that sheep aren't exactly bright, but they do have other gifts. And like all of God's creatures, they are redeemable. There are a few good things about them. And there's one thing that they are really, really good at. And that is relationship. They learn to depend completely on the shepherd. They learn to follow that one voice that they know will provide for them. They are docile enough to be led And they form a relationship over time with their shepherd that is all about trust. And that changes the way that we hear those words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and leads me in pathways of righteousness. This first part of the psalm is all about health and life and about God's care for us. It's about God's desire to give us what we need. It doesn't mean, of course, that we'll never want anything or that we'll always get what we want. Like David, we know that that's not really true. Life doesn't really work that way. But what David's trying to acknowledge is his belief that God is going to give us what we really need and that God wants to lead us to good things. These are the words of someone who is trying to live their life while they draw on the strength of God instead of just their own. Somebody who is glad to have the protection of God who is a shepherd. In in David's words, we can hear that he wants to be guided. He has some understanding of the fact that he needs someone to lead him to refreshment and peace, that he can't find it on his own. And then he shifts gears a little bit. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Meaning, even when I feel like death is near to me, I am not afraid, because you, Lord, are with me and you are there to protect me. And he refers to the rod and staff, the tools of a shepherd, the the rod being something that the shepherd would use to fight off danger and to send away predators. And, And the staff, that long staff with the curved neck that is still what our bishops carry when they walk into worship with us, that staff is about reining in the sheep, right? It's literally about sort of putting it around their necks and pulling them somewhere. It's quick action to keep them away from something or to change their direction, It's about God's authority and the power of God's law sort of hemming us in on every side and keeping us safe. Even facing death, David is unafraid because he knows that God is with him and he knows he doesn't have to depend just on himself. You spread a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Gosh, that is such good news. 
that we have a God who calls us to the table and invites us to be reconciled, to be in good, healthy relationships, to work out our differences and to know that as we do that, God will keep us safe and provide for everyone. And then, of course, David references this oil that we started with today. The time of that oil being used for kings and for priests alone is long past. Instead, that same oil traces a cross on all of our heads at baptism. And it is a visible, tangible sign of God's love for you. No longer reserved for just a few people, but now, because of Jesus, that anointing oil is for everyone. And it symbolizes for us a a spiritual anointing that Jesus promises by the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that declares that you are precious and that you too have been set aside as God's beloved for a particular purpose, which gives our lives a different kind of meaning. And it invites us to live in a way that is free from fear and marked by joy. And that's the reference to my cup runs over. This is the promise of abundance, that God wants to give us more than we can even hold, more than we even know what to do with. And of course, this isn't really about wine or food, even though we love those metaphors, those images in scripture of community and new life. What this really is about is joy and abundance, connection and certainty, the ability to trust in the relationship that we have with God and in the relationship that we have with the rest of the flock which we'll come back to in just a minute. God wants us in the midst of this life and all that troubles us to know joy, joy that fills our cup, joy that runs over, joy that never runs out. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Unlike the young David that we meet this morning, who's just barely anointed, the David who wrote these words is someone who knows God's forgiveness someone who's made mistakes and repented of them, someone who's found his way back to God. These are the words of someone who knows that even though he is imperfect, God's mercy and forgiveness is eternal and present and constant and insistent. And that is why he is confident enough to say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We should see in these words David's faith. David's conviction that God will act and that no matter what, this is how the story ends in the house of the Lord forever. For generations, this psalm has been a present help in trouble, a comfort in the storm. We hear it particularly at funerals and when we are in the midst of grief, because somewhere in the midst of these ancient words, David captures the relationship between shepherd and sheep and shows us both the strength and the comfort that comes from that relationship. He reminds us that there is hope and goodness in being sheep because we have a good shepherd. Jesus himself tells us that the good shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one lost sheep and that the shepherd won't rest until all of those sheep, each one of them is safe in the fold until the whole flock is complete. And that brings us back to the one thing that we really need to know about sheep this morning. Something David and Jesus would have taken for granted when they talked about God's people as sheep. Something they would assume that we would know, but, you know, most of us are perhaps as familiar with sheep as they are. 
So here's the thing. Sheep may not be all that bright, but they are intensely social creatures. Even as they rely on the shepherd, they form deep bonds with each other. They need each other. They love each other. They form strong friendships. They stick up for each other. They're loyal to each other. And they're actually very complex social beings who need to be in relationship. And the health of the whole flock depends on these many relationships. And they learn to move forward together. They learn to make their way through life. They learn to respond to the voice of the shepherd together. They rest together. They eat together. They find safety and reassurance in each other. Which is why this morning, more than any other text we heard, I want you to have this psalm, to hear it again, to make it your own, to incorporate it into your prayers for the rest of this season of Lent. Read it in the morning when you get up or at night before you go to sleep. Listen to the many different hymns and settings that we sing. But keep these words with you because the good news that you are longing to hear is right here in this psalm, in the two things that every good sheep knows. You can trust the shepherd, and you need to be with the flock. We are living in strange and disorienting times, and we are surrounded by the rushing, fast water of anxiety, and it threatens us. And we're surrounded, too, by the food and the wine of this world, the resources and voices that will not fill us and will not comfort us, no matter how much of it we take in, no matter how much it promises to make it better. And the stories we hear around us right now would lead us to believe that we are nearing the entrance to the valley of the shadow of death. And I know that for many of us, it feels like there is danger just beyond the gate. And we are only sheep. But we can trust the shepherd. And we can move with the flock. We can learn to dwell in and breathe in and abide in and hold on to our relationship with the shepherd who will always come for us, particularly when we're lost, pick us up, put us on his shoulders, and take us back to the safety of the fold. Because to this shepherd, every sheep is precious. And because the shepherd knows that we belong together. And we trust more, we hope more, we love more, we live more when we do it together as one flock. So take this psalm today as a guidepost, as a sign, as a comfort, and make these words your own. Hear David's witness that faith isn't just believing that God exists, it's learning to trust in God. Lean deeply into that relationship with your good shepherd and rely on this community, on this flock. And be part of how this flock is learning to move differently, because we are. We are learning how to move and how to keep each other safe, how to maintain relationships and how to be together in the midst of this very strange time. And I believe that even though we aren't together in person this morning, even though it might be a long time until we're together again, I believe that God comes to us in our various places and gathers us up in worship and in prayer and unites us again, making us that one flock and reminding us of that one shepherd. No matter who you are or where you are, if you are praying with us, you are part of this flock, and God loves you and longs to lead you to still water and green pastures. Trust this good shepherd 
and come be part of this flock. Log in, zoom in, plug in to our worship and our learning and our fellowship. And together we will continue to grow in our trust of God's promise to wipe away every tear, to still every racing heart, to calm, to love, to welcome, and to save all people. Together, God will lead us away from the rushing water of fear and anxiety toward green pastures and still waters and in through the gate that leads to eternal life. So that each of us might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.